Welcome to the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Tori. And we're two self-proclaimed corporate sellouts who are touching base on a weekly cadence to deep dive and double click into the corporate world one episode at a time. We'll hit on all the topics you don't have the bandwidth to explore yourself and help you move the needle on living your best corporate life. Because if you're going to be a sellout, you might as well be a top performer. Welcome back to the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Tori. Tori, how are you today? How's everything? How's your week been? I'm so glad it's the weekend. We normally record on Wednesdays, but my our weeks were so crazy. <laughs> we haven't recorded during the yeah. week in like a month or two. Yeah, probably. so uh, I'm really glad it's the weekend. This week was very challenging. A few things at work, like I work in product and we discovered like a few big bugs um, in our product this week and it was just like kind of a nightmare, but... It was, it was fun, like classic problem solving, working together That's vibes, good. but it was, a, I don't know. It's, Anyways. <laughs> it's like, is it fun, actual fun, or is it like your company is trying to convince you it's yeah. fun? Yeah. <laughs> really, like, we might as well just make this into right. a, a like investigation so that it's like, we can pretend we're Mary-Kate and Ashley or something, right. but... Um, anyways, how uh, was your week? <laughs> it was good. It was good. Um, I, I had like a pretty chill week, but it was a lot of presentations and a lot of me leading calls, which yeah. is the, you know, corporate equivalent of fun growth and learning, yeah, I guess. True, true, true. Um, and you went to the office. I went to the office and y'all, I presented in front of a live audience like with a microphone. Humans in a room. I yeah, I was so terrified. I, to I do mean, this. I have not done that in two and a half years. I had the Sunday scaries for it, and it was on a Wednesday. Like I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like just shitting my pants when I got up there, yeah. but it was it was kind of exhilarating. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, I got up there and I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and, yeah. So that was good. Um, but I'm glad that it's over with, and for I probably real? won't do it again for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, like, what has your cadence been going into the office lately? I feel like this month I've been in the office at least once a week. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. No, like, we're, because we're both fully remote. Right. Is your company ever making you come back? No. Okay. Mine's not either. Yeah. I have to, elect if I want my parking paid for downtown, I have to elect to be flex. Oh, instead okay. of remote so I think I'm just going to continue carpooling yeah um, with Justin who has free parking um because what does, so just quick on yeah. that what does the like elect to be flex mean? I don't really know I just know that like it takes away my remote status like I don't think they would require me to come into the office mm. but I don't really want to be tied to an office yeah so I'm going to continue not doing that yeah um so yeah but yeah we're like work from home forever if mm-hmm. you elect to be and so I'm going to stay elected that's what I did to too. Be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a thing at my company for way before um, COVID. Oh, no. So, it's brand new for us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it, I think um, I really have enjoyed working there just because it's always been like yeah. very remote friendly, which is yeah. good. That's awesome. So it wasn't a big transition. But yeah, going back to the office, I like it, but I definitely not as productive in the office as I am at home. I, okay, I had an epiphany this week working in the office of like when, back before COVID, we used to go to the office every day and you would get there, you know, when, like I try to get there like at eight, which I think is early, but whatever. You, you get pretty early. You get there early and you're like, I'm going to work hard today. And then you just like do your job and then you leave, you mm-hmm. know? 
versus I've noticed working from home lately, I've been psyching myself out and be like, okay, I have 28 tasks to do this week. That's 5.2 per day. Okay, now I need to time box each of them and just like, you know, we'll work on it on off. I'll go to the gym and then I'll come home at seven o'clock and then I'll work a bit more because I haven't done my tasks yet. And like, how's my manager going to like understand? But like, yeah. we never used to do that. No. Like you just worked, you did your job and then you went home. And now it's like, it's too related to my existence mm-hmm. because it's like in my house it's just tied in that like you're always reminded that it's there yeah like that I have to like create this system this like yep. hardcore system I have to keep to when I'm working from home but then when I went to the office this week like like I said I got there really early I got there at eight I stayed well past five and so I got a lot done but I wasn't so preoccupied with like okay but how do I measure exactly how I got done I just like yeah worked hard yeah yeah and it's like so easy to just keep working at the end of the day. Yeah. I've found that when you're not commuting home, you just continue, or at least me. And I think this is true for a lot of people. You just keep working because you don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, but there's also, like, two sides of that. There's, like, I'll just keep working, or there's, like, eh, it's 3.30, like, whatever. (laughs) Who's going to tell me I did that once this week at at 4 p.m. I was, like, I work till 6, like, every day this week. I'm logging off at 4. Yeah. And I'm going and doing a workout class. Yeah. Because I can't. And, but then, like, I worked really late a couple days this week, and then I went to the gym at 2.30 on Friday, fully expecting to come back. Yeah. Probably. Um, and then my manager was pinging me. He's like, Hey, can you send me this? Like, not like mad at me. Totally innocently. Like just, you know, just doing his work. And I was like, um, I took a late lunch. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I felt justified. I would have told him like, yo, I'm at the gym. He would have been like, Oh, rock on like whatever. But yeah, I think a hundred percent you should be empowered to not be on call all the time. Just because you're working from home doesn't mean you're available 24 yes. 7 and it's not like my manager expected me to like whip out the jira ticket that he needed like right. I, I i yeah didn't you know i waited an hour and a half and then i did but i don't know anyways so i digress on that we could yeah. go into that for literally forever probably yeah um today's topic and actually oh before that do we want to do a sellout scale yeah. check really quick yes okay do you want to go first yeah i'll go first this is new for me mm-hmm. i think i'm a nine. Ooh, i like the past couple of weeks I've said like I've had a low sellout score because I have been overworked to the point where I'm like resentful and burnt out and stressed mm-hmm. and now I'm starting to get resources like there's two new people on my team they're amazing they're they're ramping so fast oh awesome. so not only do I have help but I am like flexing these like people leadership muscles that I really need in order to get promoted that like I've talked with my manager on I just haven't had like the practice yet because I haven't managed people mm-hmm. um and so now it's like I'm working on my competencies. I have the help I finally needed, and I'm still working hard, but I can control it more. Yep. And so I'm less burnt out and feeling like I need to. But um, yeah, that's awesome. I just feel like like I feel like I'm rocking and rolling. Amazing. You know. So like that's how you should. It's that, like that. I feel like how you should feel, kind of. Yeah. I don't know if we've talked about this on here, but it's like that flow state, like the yes. chart of like. You get to a certain point where, like, yes. your competency and your, what is it? Like your, It's, like, um, balances, like, you can't be too bored. Yes. But you can't be, like, too stressed out with yeah. what you're doing. And you, it's, like, your interest level mm-hmm. has to be in a certain spot with your skill level. Right. You know? And yep. then it's, like, the, like, if your interest level is on the horizontal axis and your skill level is on the 
for why well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it's like the perfect line in the middle where like your interest level meets your skill level. And yes. Just, and your vibe you're just going. Like just yeah. feeling it. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Um, I have to agree. I think I'm at a nine or 10. This I love week. it. Like it does ebb and flow for sure. There's yeah. weeks where I'm like, I hate this. Yeah. I don't want to, like, I don't care about yeah. this, but this week, every time, this is what sucks me back in. I have a performance review and it goes really well. And my boss is like, you're killing it. Like oh, I yeah, am. You had a such... performance review this yes. week. Yes. And it I, went well. And it went very well. And I've been doing two jobs this summer because yes. my coworker has been out on maternity leave. She's a level above me, so it's been a, a tough, you know, challenging But you've role. been doing a level above you's work. Yeah, and continuing my and, job. And doing really well at it. And so it was very validating. Yeah. I am, <laughs> like, a sucker for words of affirmation. Yes. I'm like, tell me that I'm doing good. Yes. Just <laughs> validate me, you know. So yes. it, it went well, and I'm, like, riding a high from that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yes, it was, it was very good. So with that in mind, we're yes. going to be – top performing corporate sellouts on this podcast today. (laughs) Um, And I think we have a really cool, just, I think, very um, interesting topic. I think being in HR, this is something that I pay attention to a lot. Um, I did a lot of talent reviews this week with executives, and there's just a lot. It's very top of mind for me. Yeah. And it's about leadership, really, and Mm -hmm. why are there so many incompetent leaders Um, There's an article that we're going to reference for this that's from 2013 from an HBR uh, book that I bought after seeing it at the airport, and it's like the 100 best HBR articles of all time. HBR is? Harvard Business Review. Yes. Yes, thank you for that. Yes. Um, So I felt like I was living my, you know, corporate sellout life, like just, ooh, an HBR book, I'm going to buy Yeah, like a book full of articles, like Like published by Harvard about corporate, like, tings. Mm -hmm. If I only knew, (laughs) my my college self would look at me and be like, wow, what's wrong with you? But it was so interesting, and this this article is called, Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders? Mm -hmm. Um, It's by Tomas Chamorro. Primusic. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I hope I am, Tomas. Shout out to you. But it is, um, you know, there's a lot in here. It's talking about male leadership, and I think there's there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. But what we've kind of digested around this article is that these traits don't just apply to men. They also apply to a lot of women. Yes. And a lot of women feel like they have to well, yeah, over-index on these that's traits. That's the thing, and we'll get into the traits, but the reason I think that a lot of women exhibit these traits too is because they, you know, we look around, we see the traits of men getting promoted, and you try to emulate that. Uh, yeah, um, 100%. Or the, the traits of people getting promoted, and so if these people are getting promoted based on these characteristics that are proven to be negative we're going to see, okay, this person's getting promoted. What are they like? I want to be like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quite a natural thing. Yeah. So I think like we don't want to be so polarizing, I guess, and be like, it's the men's fault. Like, right. like trying not to that to be our brand, although it's very hard. Um, <laughs> but I think it is like still at the end of the day, like it stems from these masculine traits for sure. Yes. And it's the, it's, you know, it comes back to the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> Overall, it's, that's the theme. Yes. Um, and that's what I had written. Like, we'll get to questions of like, you know, how can we prevent this in the future? Like it, it's like systemic. It starts with, with little girls. Yes. You know, like yes. with how we are raised as little girls, mm-hmm. like 
that's where things have to change. Yes. So we'll get into all, we'll get into all of that. Yeah. But. So so let's start with um, kind of just the intro to the article. Um, it, it says you know there's a couple of popular explanation explanations for why women aren't in management. Um, either they're not capable, they're not interested, or they are interested and capable but not able to break the glass ceiling. Yeah. Which like what is that? And I think the article yes. talks about that with like it's this elusive fake mm-hmm. thing basically that like people just blame it on yeah um but what that's doing is like taking away the ownership of the issue like from the patriarchy and men you it know makes it's it like this women's elusive... fault yeah it's like it's <laughs> or it makes it this glass ceilings fault but like what is that you yeah. know like yeah i don't know so, so those are just all kind of bs and so i think that's <laughs> yes. what this article gets into like no here's like kind of the real reason yeah so what Tomas's main reason and his main uh, viewpoint on this was it's the inability to discern between confidence and competence. Yes. And people generally uh, misinterpret displays of confidence as a sign of competence. So, mm-hmm. you know, charisma, um, being the loudest in the room, being seen as powerful or strong or these kind of, um, you know, typical, stereotypical men or men traits, male <laughs> like, traits, male, like, yeah, right? Masculine traits, yeah, yeah. <laughs> masculine, thank you. Masculine traits. Um, so I, I want to unpack that first, looking at confidence versus competence and how charisma is really seen a lot of times as a, um, it just it, it's seen as like, you, you know what you're talking about mm-hmm. if you're charismatic. Yeah. Um, and that's not always the case. <laughs> no, for sure not. It just like, it's not correlated at all. Like you very Mm -hmm. well could. And that's a point I had written down. Like, okay, but don't you need a confident person? Like that's not, this is not to say confidence is bad and not to say confidence is an important, is not an important leadership skill, but it's conflated with like, Oh, you're confident. Like you must be competent and Mm -hmm. you must know everything. And that's just not really true. Like they're two different buckets to be separately evaluated. Yeah. You know? Yep. And um, I think a lot of times leaders over-index on that. And if you look yes. at, like, world leaders, they're not only confident, but they're very narcissistic yes. a lot of times. And they, they really swing heavily in the extreme yes. kind of direction of confidence. Um, one side note that I thought was so interesting here was that leaderless groups, this is a direct quote from the article, leaderless groups have a natural tendency to elect self-centered narcissistic leaders because the love for the leader is disguised or is a disguised form of self-love. Yes. And it's substituting their inability to love themselves. Yes. And that's um from Freud. So shout out yeah. to our boy Freud. Love a good <laughs> quote from Freud. Wait. But if you look in history, like yes. that's Okay, can so we talk true. about can we um get political like the elephant in the room yeah Yeah. (laughs) like (laughs) i mean it's so true it just reminds me of donald trump and his followers like not absolutely not like you know the traditional conservative american who's just trying their best and trump was their candidate but like the trumpy trumpies yes and trump it's like they are taking their narcissism and laying it down at the feet of trump for his narcissistic he he knew exactly what he was doing yeah he's uh, you know, I think he's very calculated. I think yeah. he knows what he's doing. And he catered to a group that felt like they were unheard. Yeah. They, were, they weren't represented. And he took that and fucking ran with yeah. it. <laughs> like, all the way. Um, so I think that's just, like, 
a very extreme example. Yeah, it is. But, like, when I read this article, and it, it said, um, Freud argued the people da, 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 have replaced their own narcissistic tendencies with those of their leader, mm-hmm. such that their love for their leader is a disguised form of self-love. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and Like, it's just not... That's just what I thought of. And, yeah. you know, we're genuinely authentic here. So there mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And you think about celebrities too, or like these big, like controversial, controversial podcasters, or yeah. I don't know, just like public faces that have such extreme, loud opinions. Joe Rogan. Yes. Who I um, genuinely sometimes enjoy listening to his podcast. Yeah. And I, I can't say I've ever listened to his yeah. podcast. I, but... There's some interesting ones. Like he did one with the mayor of Austin. Like, Oh, interesting. interesting. So like some are just like, I don't listen to it um, because it's Joe Rogan. I listen to it if a topic is interesting. I'm like, oh shoot. Or Sanjay Gupta. Yeah. That. Yeah. So anyways. But yeah. that's what it reminds you of. And that's not always bad. Like this mm-hmm. is like human psychology. Like, Freud, I believe, you would know more because you were a psychology major. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what he studied, right? Like, psychology? Yeah, he he looked at the unconscious. Yeah. And he, you know, there's a lot of um, interesting Freudian concepts that, like, you know, the Oedipus Oedipus complex that's, like, kind of incestual, things like that. Isn't it, like, boys love their moms? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which maybe is true, too. Yeah, like, we both... (laughs) Oh, no, we can't can't talk about that. (laughs) We've all met a man like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, but like, it's not to say Joe Rogan is bad or Trump is bad. Like, you know, it might, that might be true, but that's not what we're saying. But this is just what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, these classic people, it's like they're narcissists and narcissists follow them. But we, but this is a psychological just like thing about human nature and any leader to follower dynamic is like that to an extent it seems like this is saying or yeah. Freud is saying so you know? how does that show up in the workplace have you seen leaders like this or is there anyone that comes to mind as like a oh this person was definitely promoted because of their charisma and not and then they turned out to be like not a great leader like in my workplace yeah or, I'm trying to think like I've only been in my company for a couple of years so uh, I I know that there are a lot of people where they were clearly promoted because of their charisma. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not close enough to them to know if they also lack competence or if that's just like a skill that their charisma and their confidence is stronger. Mm-hmm. I have certainly been in rooms, I will say, with leaders where they, you know, they're the big tough guy and they like say something and it's like kind of not it's like obvious it's obvious yeah yeah. it's not like so insightful and then me as a strategist level like an individual contributor level will say something and then other leaders will be like oh yeah no like that we need to do that you know I'm like okay so like you're the big guy here right you're super like confident you said something that people were like yeah 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 and then I say something and it's like oh that's a really good idea so maybe I've observed it yeah like in that in that sense I've also worked with a leader who is a woman. So again, it doesn't only apply to men here. Yeah. Um, but I think she lacks the emotional intelligence and we'll get yeah. into that a little bit too, but she bullies people to getting yeah. what she wants. She makes people, she manipulates people. Yeah. She, um, you know, she's, and she's seen as very good at her job, mm-hmm. but it's like at what cost? Yeah. Um, and if you're managing up to executives or, you mm-hmm. know, senior leadership and they think you're doing good, but everyone else underneath you thinks 
you're an absolute yeah, a-hole. Like, a are you are you really a good leader yeah. then? You know? Yeah. And so. I think that, or I would hope that your company, like as large as it is, would have a way to make sure that they're getting feedback from people below and above her. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because that's like most people, at her level, most people are below her. Yes, you exactly. Know? So like that's the feedback that really counts. That's that 360 feedback. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I know that's like a... HRE thing. But I know. Yeah. It's like a very corporate thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about emotional intelligence too, because that's one of the main themes of this article as well. He talks about how we think about leaders as being these powerful, strong, confident individuals, but to be a truly transformational leader, you need to be able to um, be emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and women tend to score higher on yes. emotional intelligence. Um, and women also tend to be more empathetic towards yes. their direct reports. Um, you know, Compassionate. They, compassionate, yes. They tend to take on more mentoring, things like that. Yes. Um, so I, I do think that that's a really important call out. And I guess why aren't those skills just as valued? Yeah. In the workplace. Yeah. And like humility, one of the things that the article says, like the best leaders are usually humble. I think humility and emotional intelligence go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just funny. Like I wrote down these bullet points. This is very much like if then statement, but like if humility is just as important as confidence. And this article is saying there is statistics to say like we've studied leaders. We know like the leaders that succeed, they are humble. It is just as important as confidence, if not more. But women are more humble than men, generally speaking. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is this quality that is humility and emotional intelligence. It is the most important and women have it. Yet, confidence is still perceived as more important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It has to be like a societal issue. For sure. That like this more important thing, because it's feminine, is all of a sudden less important. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I was saying earlier, like, it is going to take like a generational and it's taken generations of like young girls at a young age being praised for these other traits and like young boys and young girls growing up with that knowledge that these traits are equal, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So it's like the compliments that you see given to little boys versus yes, little girls. Like, yes. Oh, you're so strong. You're so fast. Yeah. You're so tough. Or like, you're so pretty, you're so... And I know yeah. that's, like, you know, not exactly... But it is it is socialized at a yeah. very young age that... And, yeah. Like, I don't know that you could tell, like, a four-year-old, like, wow, you are so emotionally intelligent. Like, right. I think we can lean into, like, if you have masculine traits, like, those can be praised. And if you have feminine traits, those can be praised. But it's, like, we don't praise the feminine ones at all. We don't even know what they are. Like, it's so mm-hmm. much weirder to tell someone, oh, you're so emotionally intelligent versus, mm-hmm. wow, you're really confident. Like, that's kind of a weird... Or, like... It's, like, a weird compliment. Be like, yeah. oh, thank you, I'm emotionally intelligent. Like, why yeah. is that? Or saying, like, you know, you're so kind, or... Yeah. Like, what you did was very nice to this person. Like, I don't know, just, yeah. like, very rudimentary. Like, like manners, maybe, mm-hmm. is something that yeah. we don't um, kind of praise as much as we should. Yeah. Um, and one thing that you were saying, like, transformational leadership requires emotional intelligence... I was saying, we were talking before this, but like I took a class, I'm getting my master's degree in sustainability leadership right now um, 
honestly don't recommend but <laughs> whatever doing it um, for, the, for the double degree and yeah the titles. I just, it looked too good a year and a yes. half ago but I took a leadership class or it, like all these classes are like part earth sciences part leadership or like their leadership classes but all the case studies are about sustainability it's a really cool program but we took this class that was about the different types of organizational changes because obviously when you're taking a company towards sustainable approach you have to like radically transform it most companies are built on like good old coal power like vibes Mm -hmm. so there's transitional leadership where you're just going from like one step to the next that's like oh we are you know a company i was saying the example like we make trucks but our factory is gonna be carbon neutral now like okay that's really great but that's like a transitional phase transformational is like scrap the whole thing and start over um like Mm -hmm. we're gonna make uh electric trucks now like change the entire company on its head and that is transformational change and transformational leadership and that requires emotional intelligence yes i think that this transitional leadership that kind of lesser kind um does totally fine with just confident cocky leaders or whatever yes but that's not what is going to make a company survive through radical changes like a pandemic or like moving into this new sustainable era that we have to move into like that transitional leadership is not going to really cut it because I think what you're getting at is like you need to listen to people you need to get outside of your bubble yeah like elicit opinions from outside sources get more of a consensus be more flexible and creative and all of that requires more emotional intelligence more empathy more listening if you're just bullheaded on the route that you're on and you're not looking because you're so confident Mm -hmm. and you're so sure that this is the only way you can do it you're missing all of these opportunities and I think that's where a lot of times we reward someone who's so dedicated so confident and so sure about their path as a leader when really we should be rewarding leaders who are able to say I was wrong yeah and able to be like this is actually let's take a different approach exactly like you have to be able to quit to pivot so quickly yeah you know so anyways I think that that part I think that like right now you know a lot of these leaders like they're doing fine Mm-hmm. leading their companies but that's not to say that's going to last forever and the article goes into like a lot of like leaders fail all the time yeah. like it's not like these men have or these people who are exhibiting these masculine character traits regardless of their gender like are like they've cracked the code they're doing it like companies fail leaders fail yeah. you know and like countries fail countries fail <laughs> and uh, ones that are owned by or led by women fail less often mm-hmm. there's just not as much of a large group to show for it because there are less that are owned by women or ran Mm -hmm. by women. Um, But the statistics are pretty clear. So yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, So then looking at the, the idea of leaning in, which again was, you know, the, this was a term coined by um, Cheryl Cheryl Sandberg. Sandberg. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And she was, this is back in this era of like girl boss. It was when know, we were in college. Peak. Yes. So like the 2010s. Yeah. Early 2010s, yeah. I think. Oh, let me, we're I'm old. Gonna, <laughs> let's see what year. 2013. 2013. That peak was the peak era. lean in era. Yep. That we're over now. But so anyways. I do think we are pivoting from that. Yes. Thank God. But I think there's a lot of it that still rings true. And it's, you know, I've gotten feedback in my career 
and granted, I am more early, more junior in my career, but that I need to speak up more. I need Mm -hmm. to be more confident. I need to be more assertive. Yes. And I guess if I'm the most junior person in the room and I'm learning and listening and I'll, I'll offer my opinion, but I'm not going to say anything unless I have something of value to add. I'm not just going to be the, the voice in the room just to be the voice in the room. Um, now at my performance review this week, my boss did say he noticed my confidence going good. up. Good, okay. Which is good. It's, it's all about It's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. But it wasn't that... And, and what I appreciated about that was I have felt a change in my confidence too, but it doesn't mean that my style has changed or my approach has changed. Yeah. It's just I feel more comfortable voicing my opinion or things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm yelling at anyone or yeah. you know refusing to listen to no. anyone and I think like organic confidence where you're not forcing it and you're not like pushing through even though you actually don't know really comes from competence mm-hmm. it can go hand in hand and, and like, experience yes exactly and like yeah. I'm always gonna be a higher quality presenter when I'm presenting for example like something with data that I pulled and that I know the ins and outs of because I spent 200 hours on it right versus like something that my team helped me put together or something like I will right. always have more confidence when I know that any VP in the room that asks me like oh how did you get to this revenue projection I know exactly how mm-hmm. um and so maybe you know it's a skill to be had where you to be it is like to be confident without knowing every single answer mm-hmm. um but i think there's a certain type of confidence that completely is correlated to competence um but yeah it's like not the kind that is the issue yeah and it's not it's not about leaning into the sense that you need to you know skip your kids soccer no. games to attend board meetings or like yeah. leaning into to act more like a man yes. in the room. Like, I think what we need to do is is cater more of our corporate cultures to to women and, and mm-hmm. to, you know, more um, emotionally intelligent leaders versus yeah. the other way around. Yeah. And I wish, I think we were talking um, the other day, like, maybe we'll both... Re- I read Lean In in 2015 when I was a senior in college. And like that was seven. Like I don't really remember right. what it was about. Yeah. Right. Like I can't recall if Cheryl Sandberg was saying like skip your children's soccer. Like it's okay. <laughs> like I don't know. But we should do an episode or like a book club. Yeah. Like, read, lean in, and especially in this new climate of like hustle culture is canceled. Like yeah. What do we think about it now? Basically. How, how or how much does it ring true today? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. So on the other side of this, I thought it would be interesting to just do a quick, like, pivot to this idea. And this term that I actually heard in a meeting not too long ago um, about mommy managers. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I just cringed when I heard I it. I know. Like, literally, it makes my skin like, it really shrivel does. when I hear that term. But the idea is a female or maybe male leader. Um, but I think we can all agree mommy yeah. manager is very fem- um, feminine yeah. charged. And you know? know what? Okay. I heard someone. There was a VP. This is like kind of a rabbit hole. Who was mean to me, <laughs> and <laughs> I was telling you. my VP about it, mm-hmm. and he said that that other VP was just being a papa bear about his because the project I was doing was going to slash his revenue by a little bit, but it was part of the plan, whatever. But he was really defensive about it because his team would lose their quotas; they might not hit quota, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like justifying it 
by saying, well, that VP is just protecting his people. He's just being a papa bear. So it's like... So it's the same concept. Yeah. But, but like, why is it just... Differently. But framed as, like, a fatherly thing that you're, oh, you're just protecting. But now, like, what we're about to get into with this mommy manager thing is, like, perceived negatively. And I think these traits are genuinely traits to, like, watch out for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I did some digging. I just actually Googled mommy manager because I just yeah. wanted to know what like, was out there. If it's, like, actually a thing. What scholarly articles yeah. <laughs> And there are. This woman has a PhD. Who yeah. This? Yes. Judith. Judith. Shervin, shout out. Yeah, and she wrote this article in 2014. So mm-hmm. again, peak culture, <laughs> yeah, girl boss, lean in culture. Um, and it was called "Beware the Mommy Manager." And there's a few things that she says to watch out for, such as overly protective loyalty to your team, a defensive attitude when your team members receive criticism, um, taking on all the slack versus like putting it on your or like calling out your poor performers yeah um consensus like trying to reach team consensus instead of making a decision Mm -hmm. yourself um and really it's she says you know a caveat in the beginning i will refer to mommy managers as female as that is most prominently the case yeah but please be aware that everything below applies to males who over parent as well yes well, then why don't we call it something different? <laughs> because yeah. the whole time it's, you know, the, the pronouns she uses are she. Yeah, but also, like, I feel like, why is the word papa bear? Like, why is that the word that you use to be like, oh, he's just protective? Yeah. Versus mommy is, like, weak or, right. like, you know, undesired. Yeah. That's a whole separate issue. Um, and and I, let, let's talk about how women run their households most likely, yeah. most, most of the time. Like, and, like, it's a hard, badass job, you yeah. know? Like, that's, like, the strongest people you will ever meet are mothers, mm-hmm. you know? But it's this, like, weak, like, oh, don't be a mommy manager. Yeah. So, I don't know. Not, like, calling out Judith. Um, right. I think Sorry, that, Judith. <laughs> I'm sure you're great. I think that these are, like, really – I think that, you know, whatever you call it, these – are signs of not poor leadership but places you don't want to situations you don't want to put yourself in as a leader like as a leader if your team is performing poorly you have to have hard conversations and steer them correctly like you're gonna kill yourself and set yourself behind if you try to pick up the slack of your team because you're not having those hard conversations and telling them to like telling them, giving them feedback on what they are doing negatively. Um, So this is all really good advice Mm -hmm. um, and things that we need to be watching out for. I don't, I just don't love that. I know. Like the conflation with being a mother. Right. Because yeah, it's, it isn't just mommy managers or moms in general. Yes. Um, I think another thing to call out here is I've seen male managers be, um, looked down upon because they're not strong or not like, you know, a a person who's going to just bulldoze their way to the top. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one that comes to mind who's just an absolute delight to work with. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves him, but he's not seen as, you know, someone who's going to scale to the top because he's too complacent sometimes or too maybe caring about things. And so we, we do tend to, I think just look down on, on those types of traits. Um, which again, I think it's just a balance. I feel like that's kind of the theme overall. Yeah, for sure. And then I wanted to just shout out this comment that I loved 
And it was, um, you know, a comment on this article about mommy managers. And it was, well, I hope that there will be a follow-up article on the daddy manager who constantly uses sports analogies, wins at all costs, and has never heard the words empathy and listening. Um, Yes. Yes. (laughs) They're like, yes, I've taken this example to an extreme. But the important point is that we learn to work as a team, valuing the unique aspects of each person. Yes. Just love that. Oh my gosh. Wait, that was a comment on the LinkedIn article? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Oh, and someone is, oh my gosh, these comments are good. Someone, Susan Schwartz also has a PhD. Um, the child-free manager, like what is that? Yeah. Like, like, you know, There's like. There's so many ways you could take it. Yeah, like mommy and daddy traits versus like people who like don't have any of those traits, you mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. We're going to link obviously this article in the HBR um, articles in the podcast description. Yep. Um, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Not because we think either of them are like Bible, but because they're super, I mean, they're both the one in the HBR article was written in 2013 and the mommy manager one in 2014, same exact time frame as lean in. So it's a, the world is shifting, but I think that, you know, like critically analyzing and discussing the, these types of, um, articles is a really good exercise yes. even eight years later. I so. feel like we're we're like examining a history like history yeah. books here. <laughs> like it's a moment in time that yeah. deserves to be kind of a, a light like shown on it because yeah. it's like this everything that we have done as a society has brought us to where we are yeah. today. And there is so um, on the Harvard Business Review website where the article is there's a YouTube video with the author and it's it's more recent. Um, Tomas and he's saying that he he loves it and he said this at first and I was like what are you talking about he loves it when there is an incompetent man that that comes into leadership somewhere in the world and then they fold and then it's in the news and his HBR article gets a ton of clicks again because people are like like how does this are, happen? People are like really thinking, like yeah. Googling, how do incompetent men become leaders? And, that's and exactly then his article pops up. And so it's, yeah. I mean, that goes to show like it's a very relevant, this issue has not gone away since 2013, you no. know? So um, I don't even know, I mean, only nine years, like in the scheme of like generations of progress that needs to be made. I don't even know that we can say like, oh my gosh, don't worry, the world has made so much progress no. in nine years. I would like to think that. Um, I, I do see, I want to just kind of, caveat all of this that I think we have started shifting in the right direction yes we see a lot more emphasis put on emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. in the workplace yes on you know leaders really listening to their team members Mm -hmm. and asking about their whole selves not Mm -hmm. just about why this work isn't getting done but like how are you doing mentally exactly you know this shift to like mental health especially like in the pandemic right um but even just like and you know we've only been in the workforce since like 2015 2016 and so that's just not enough time to have seen trends come and go very true but the pandemic was like a case study in like oh how much change can happen in two years later and how much change can happen in two weeks right oh my gosh yes But I like that you know, these large corporations that we work for, the way that feedback and performance management is so structured, it's not like, oh, that guy's really good. He should be the manager yep. now. Like, it's like, okay, well, did you, what did you score on each of the 14 competencies? Mm-hmm. Here's the rubric. Like, every single person on our 130 person team is analyzed in the same exact way. Like, and you have to have an average of 4.2 to be considered for promotion. I do. Ooh, I, that's more than our company. <laughs> I 
love that. Like that's structure. Why I, it's what you need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like this class I'm taking now for my master's degree is a seminar class and there's no rubrics for anything. Mm. And like, I almost no. like dropped the class. I was like, <laughs> I can't do How that. How will I know if I'm doing so, a good job? Yeah. Like, but I like that corporations are moving in this direction because it, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to think it gives everyone more of a level playing field and fully outlines to everyone. Like, here's what you need to be doing and here's how we're going to be evaluating you, mm-hmm. you know, versus like just picking the most confident person in the room. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that's been the, pretty much the same since I started working in 2016. You know, mm-hmm. like every corporation I've worked at has their basic performance management rubric of sorts. Yep. So I yeah. love that. I do too. I think, especially because so many leaders are different mm-hmm. and so everyone's biased. Everyone yes. has unconscious bias because of how we're wired as humans. Mm-hmm. And so you can't say like, oh, I'm looking at my team completely non-biased. No, no you have your favorites no matter yeah. what team you're on. Yeah. So when you have those really structured um, you know, ways to view performance, mm-hmm. it just makes it a lot, I think, it, it makes it a lot more equitable. Yeah. Overall. And that is one of the reasons why I'm a corporate sellout. Yeah. Because I love, I worked at a startup for seven months and I like couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It was like between, I had a job in banking, startup for seven months and this job in tech that I've had for years now. But like the lack of structure, like. Startups sound like an HR nightmare. It, I could Yeah. There's like two people on HR. Like how yeah. could they, I mean. And they're like 25. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Um, nothing nothing wrong 25 with being 25. People. Yeah. We're just jealous. I was but 25 like, once too. I, yeah. I didn't know what I was, but, I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I just love the corporate structure, you know, of performance review. I think that it is really like, I like the transparency of it. I like how it's, there's so many different, like team involvement is weighted just as heavily as data knowledge, Yes, you know, like I, and almost even more so. Yeah. Your how behaviors versus your what. And there's enough things that they analyze, at least at my company, there's like 14 categories that like I got promoted not having a five out of five in every single one because like, you know, that's there's 14 whole categories. So like mm-hmm. you can always have your weaknesses that you're working on, but still be promoted. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I yep. just, I just love it's one of the reasons I like working for the man. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, I think just wrapping it up on this kind of leadership topic, you know, overall, I think the world would be a better place. Companies would be a better place if we could embrace more of these empathetic, listening, mm-hmm. traditionally feminine scene, you know, softer leadership yeah. traits. And I think we're getting there. Yeah. For it's sure. a long journey, but I think we're getting there. Yes. Yes. So, and I think one thing I had written down is like the concept of getting women to lean in, you know, that, and again, I forget what was in the book. I read it six years ago. Um, it seems to be about adapting these traditional male and like unhelpful in the long-term characteristics. But I think that what we need to be leaning into, like you said, is these traits that women tend to have more of mm-hmm. that are proven to be better for long-term leadership, like humility and emotional intelligence, compassion and empathy. Um, like that's going to get companies, countries, etc., organizations further. Yes. So, um, I don't think we need to be changing women to fit the corporate environment. We need to be changing the corporate environment to be equally like establishing that all of these skills are important. Absolutely. Not saying feminine ones are more important necessarily. I'm saying they are all so important and need to, one can't negate the other. Yes. Yep. hundred percent. That's that on that. So we're going to change the world with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this yes. too. Like email us um, at corporate salads podcast at gmail yeah we're like trying to create a backlog of episode topics so again let us know this is our third one so far we talked about working from home and do you have to be passionate about your job and now incompetent men so anything in like (laughs) the corporate like this is a podcast for corporate girls so like corporate women girls gays they yes whoever love all of y'all yes not just not just women but we are corporate women and we are going to talk about like yes corporate world stuff so yep. anything any topic on that let us know because we tend to like we could talk about this for hours absolutely <laughs> thanks but we'll so, stop there yeah thanks so much for listening check us out we'll have everything linked in our description yep have a good week have a good corporate week bye bye <laughs>